Hey guys, welcome back to the VMAC podcast uh, on our third week today. Um, we're going to talk about the Pac-12. Recently, they just announced their f- 2020 football schedule, which features a seven-game conference-only lineup starting Saturday, November 3rd, and finishing the weekend right before Christmas. Um, you guys have any thoughts on whether or not the Pac-12 should return this fall? I think the Pac-12 kind of came to peer pressure a little bit. Um, all of the other Power Fives have decided to come back. And the Big Ten, who was the first to be like, yeah, no, not doing that, uh, decided to come back. So I, I understand why the Pac-12 felt like they needed to come back, even though originally they weren't playing. Yeah, I think also, like, when a lot of these schools decided they're not coming back for sure, we were still in it's a very different landscape than what we were in, like, July and August. Um so waiting a little bit longer to see how everything plays out kind of gives teams a better opportunity to see how other conferences manages, manage and like what went wrong, what went, what went right. Um, and so that they can have a smoother return and probably a safer return to play. Yeah, it's definitely risky, you know, with COVID. Um, each game day is going to have to be ran pretty smoothly. You know, you can't have an outbreak and then have the owners and the teams kind of regret having played this seven game um, season, you know, is the, is it really worth it to play just for seven games? Yeah. I mean, I think um, a lot of the PAC 12 schools um, were really, really trying to play as much as they possibly could. I know a big reason as to why the commissioner allowed this to be a go was because they implemented a new um, daily testing system. So that gave the schools a, and the conference uh, a lot of confidence in providing a self uh, a safe and healthy environment uh, for the players. But I do almost agree with you, Siana, as well. Like I think they might have given in to the other conferences and maybe don't feel as confident as they're portraying to the public. Um, but at the same time, they also don't want to be criticized um, for being the only conference or the only Power Five conference not playing uh, because you know they're the players are the only ones that won't get to showcase their abilities. They won't get to play for national championship. Um, so I do understand both sides of the spectrum here. The health of the players, which obviously is what all the conference saying is their main concern. But also, they're losing a lot of money if they don't play. They'll lose recruits if they don't play. Like I don't know, maybe they took some more time to think about the consequences of Like, if the Big Ten comes back, then, like, recruits that, you know, like, there's SEC kind of recruits. Those kids are going to go to SEC schools. Um, But the Pac 12, the Big Ten kind of competing for the same kind of guys. So, if the Big Ten, then the Pac 12, you know, doesn't want to lose those recruits, maybe that was another reason why I decided to come back going off of that a lot of schools are facing every school is obviously facing a financial hardship but I know specifically like Stanford recently cut 11 teams and I know that UCLA is involved in like a really big lawsuit with Under Armour about how their contract plays out and so I can see legally how other schools being able to return to play could factor into 
particularly UCLA's decisions to return based on their contractual contractual obligations. Yeah, I mean that, that's a really good point as well. Um, just talking, uh, I know they discuss you know pushing the season to the spring as well um, to play it safe, but I think they realize that a lot of their big name talents um, and as well as rec- their recruiting process would be hindered. I know a lot of. Um, a lot of their big-time athletes would have definitely opted out of the season at that point um, just because of its close proximity to the NFL draft. Um, so that could have been another decision because if they want to put on a season, they definitely want to have their top talent out there as well. Yeah, I can't imagine being a uh, top recruit and then committing to a Pac-12 school only to play seven games. Um, you know, it's kind of devastating as an athlete playing in college. You know, I look forward to playing with a bunch of talent around me but also like stress-free knowing that you know the risk of contracting a deadly virus like that isn't as high and uh these players don't feel as relaxed anymore because you know they only have seven games to really play yeah it's definitely a risk for players because even like the schools that are playing like they're playing straight through like there's no so if top player gets injured one or week two, then really he's done for the season. And then, you know, like that risk that players are going to have to take in order to get the chance of getting some like good film for the draft. But I think the school has, the schools and the conference like had to really think about like if we play and these all these guys out, like we're still probably still gonna lose money if our top guys aren't playing anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely good point. Yeah, I think too. Like something to think about is that these schools were still practicing and doing team activities even before the Pac-12 announced that they were coming back. That um, they were really restricted, um, and even on the 16th, so like a week before the Pac-12 announced, um, Oregon and California schools still didn't even have approved contact practices because local authorities were kind of confused on where to go from here. So just like the Pac-12 announcing that they were coming forward helps the teams like figure out how to practice safely and like get the um, like permission needed in order to have actual practices instead of the spread out like even lifting times that they were going. Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought another interesting take on this as well. Um, a lot of people were actually praising the Pac-12 for not playing um, for obvious reasons, but um, it was almost viewed as like they had their long-term priorities in order. Um, they gained a lot of popularity because they really proved that um, they cared about the health of the millions of people involved, the players, staff, fans, um, you know, there's so many people involved in this operation. Um, and at first it showed that um, where their priorities were. Um, but now coming back and playing only a handful of games, uh, a lot of people are really ticked off and really um, opposed to this to this shortened schedule, opposed to the timeline, you know, quick jumping into practices and getting on the field. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of ways to view this. Um, COVID's still obviously a real thing. Numbers are still... 
um, up and down and in every state, but particularly on the West Coast. So, I mean, I think it's just a really interesting thing to talk about and discuss because I don't think there's really a right answer. But at the same time, you know, I think the Pac-12 may have been better off, you know, not playing for a year and, and showing showing that they cared about the future of their athletes. Yeah, Vince, I think you um, had a really good point on um, how the health and safety of the student-athletes has to be the number one priority because uh, I remember reading an article earlier today and the University of Oregon's president said that the direct quote was that the Pac-12 sports remains the light and number one priority. So, you know, I mean, to me, it's going to take a lot for the Pac-12 to just align their athletes to follow protocol and, you know, stay safe and be smart. But I feel like just one case could ruin it for everyone. So it's kind of interesting to see how it's going to play out. I agree. Seeing how COVID spread through the LB teams, we're seeing right now, and like those guys are getting paid to be there, you know. But another thing, like anything not even related, is the Pac-12 is mostly West Coast schools. So like with all the forest fires and stuff, like it. The air quality isn't good enough to like have practice. Like, are they indoors? Like, how does that even wow. work? Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Well, mm-hmm. I'd rather just play on the East Coast then. <laughs> <laughs> so many problems going on. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we like. I personally can't say like oh, they've made a mistake. Um, until obviously we see how the season plays out. Yeah. But I think it's an interesting choice nonetheless. Yeah, no, I mean, they already committed, so it's going to be uh, pretty fun to watch. It's going to be crazy college football. So let's say there is an outbreak, though. Do you guys know whether or not um, it'll count as a redshirt year for some of these athletes? Or I guess it depends on the scholarship. Or I guess it's the amount of games they've played. I'm not really sure. Oh, I was gonna say I think it would you could probably advocate for a medical redshirt if you only get like one or two games in. Um, so like that's probably an opportunity. It's something that the NCAA is definitely gonna have to look at going forward. Yeah, I believe it. If you choose to opt out, you are an extra year eligibility. But I don't know, like how that plays out if you opt out five games into the season. (laughs) Well, that's it, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the VMAC podcast. Let us know your thoughts on whether or not you think the Pac-12 should have come back this season. And we'll see you next time.